Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. slice of murder this is episode 23 yeah so we are recording this on a sunday not on a monday night which is this is a big win for us it is it look is. at us <laughs> i went so to proud. i went to jess and i was like i already started writing my case on like this friday point. i was like i'm so <laughs> proud of myself yeah because i feel like typically just choosing the case is the hardest part yeah. so for you to have already decided on what to do and started yeah. it it was pretty. I was, it was so proud. Pretty amazing, I gotta say. So well, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, this one's it's a missing persons case, so it's pretty interesting. Um, but we can get started. I did not bring a snack today. That was Boo. my fault. <laughs> so okay. no snack for today. Um, but we can get started with our rose and our thorn. My rose was that we got to go to a field trip this week, and we went to UCLA, and that was really fun, just to, like, walk around the campus and everything with all the kids. And I feel like it's so nice to see your students out of, like, the classroom. Yeah, it was. I feel like they're more mature, or if they're, like, playing a sport, you get Uh to see some of their... Like skills outside of the class, yeah, it's super, really cool. They were honestly a lot better than I thought they were gonna be. I was That's like, good. oh no, they're gonna be running around this place, but they were very good, and it was pretty fun. Like it was, it was, um, it was like a nice day, and it was just like fun to walk around. Yeah, I love field trips. I wish I could go on more. I know. I'm trying to plan one for the zoo, like later in the year, because I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Like, That's really fun. fun. I feel like they'd really enjoy that. Yeah, and I would enjoy that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my God, guys. Oh, my God, I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> like, we're not going to the anteater exhibit. <laughs> By the way, anteaters are my biggest fear, if you did not know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And what's your rose? My rose is... Well, if you've been following along, you know that our washer has not been working this week. Believe it or not, we have a washer. (laughs) So, it's been a good week. I got to do my laundry. Literally. Did not have to go anywhere. Literally. I, like, got to do one load of laundry on, like, a Wednesday night. I was like, what is this life? (laughs) Like, I have so much time on the weekends again. This is incredible. (laughs) Yeah, that was actually a pretty good thing that happened. I agree. That Tuesday was so good. Wait, was that Tuesday or Wednesday that it happened? Wednesday. That was so good. And on that day, we went to yoga and then got free sangria afterwards. Oh, yeah. That was also a rose for me. I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, I love when they give out, like, goodies after yoga. Mm -hmm. And they had a special class, which means they had two instructors. Yeah. So they would switch off between two yoga rooms. So that was really fun. Yeah. That was also a rose, I think. That was a fun day, overall. Yeah. Well, now we're going to end on a negative note, our thorn. (laughs) My thorn was that not once, but twice this week, I had to drive in the hail. And (laughs) (laughs) that was not a fun experience. I did not see the hail, like, in my direction. Maybe it was just by my school. I was going home one day, and it started hailing... 
And I was going to go to the grocery store and get cookies to bake them for the next day. And it started hailing. I was like, hell no, I'm yeah. not getting in my car right now. So that was a big negative. And then it was hailing yesterday when I went to Trader Joe's. That's so crazy. I know. And it was thundering and lightning. I was like, what the hell is going yeah. on? But I feel like it's so cool to see places like Santa Barbara get snow. I know. Or like that's Baker's actually pretty Field. nuts. That's actually pretty nuts. It was cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I mean, I would much rather have snow than like rain, because at least if we had snow, mm-hmm. they would probably cancel things. Right. If it, rain, probably not. Well, we're going to get rain Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't remind me, because I'm going to have to have indoor nutrition and lunch. Yeah, it's tough. It's so annoying. I mean, whatever, they're fine, but I, I just need a break yeah. from talking That's to hard. children. <laughs> but yeah, and that was my thorn. My thorn is that I've been sick this week. Sad. Yeah, so I'm just hoping I don't cough during the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or that if I do, that no one can hear it. (laughs) Okay, well, hoping so too. Yeah. All right, well, let's get started. Okay, so first I'll tell you the synopsis. So in March of 1998... So, just about 25 years ago... Around like the time almost, we were born. Yeah, almost to this month, about 25 years ago, Amy Lynn Bradley went on a family cruise to the Caribbean. She was last seen on the mo- morning of March 24th, 1998, on the balcony of her cabin on the Royal Caribbean cruise ship Rhapsody of the Seas. Since then, Amy's mysterious disappearance has remained unsolved, and her family and friends are still searching for answers. Wow. So long. Yeah, so I'm going to go a little bit through the background and then, like, kind of the day of, like, what happened on that day mm-hmm. and kind of the process through which things happened. Um, and then I'll go into a couple of theories about this and, like, what people think are the most, I guess, pertinent theories to the case, like, what they mm-hmm. think are the most likely things. Um, so starting just some background on Amy, Amy Lynn Bradley was born on May 12th, 1974 in Petersburg, Virginia. Her parents were named Iva and Ron Bradley, and she had a younger brother, Brad. So his name is Brad Bradley, just side note, or Bradley Bradley or something, which I feel like is an interesting... I feel like they must have done that on purpose. Yeah. It has to have been on purpose. (laughs) I just thought that that was interesting. I was like, oh... But you know what? Whatever. And he was two years after Amy. So he's born two years after her. He's two years younger. Um, And they were very close and they grew up like very good friends. So sometimes I feel like brothers and sisters like don't really get along. Like, but Mm -hmm. people said that they grew up like really close and they would like hang out quite a lot. And when she was young and uh, even through her teenage years, Amy was described as very outgoing and super social. She made friends easily, and she was said to make people feel included and liked. So if, like, she saw somebody that was being left out of something, she would, like, go out of her way to try and include them in the conversation or in the activity that her and her friends were doing. Um, She was also very athletic, so during the summer, she worked as a lifeguard. She was a super strong swimmer, and she played basketball. And she actually got a a scholarship to college for her basketball abilities, and she went to Longwood University, which is like a local college in Virginia, um, on scholarship for basketball, and she graduated with a degree in physical education. So she seemed to be like a very well-rounded young woman. Like she just, you know, she had a lot of things 
going for her. Yeah, that's really impressive, like, mm-hmm. to get a scholarship for basketball mm-hmm. or any sport, really. Yeah. yeah, so she was just, I don't know, she just, you know, she seemed like she had a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Like, she was very well-rounded. She was able to have a lot of things on her plate at one time, and she was kind of able to excel in those things. So after graduating, she planned to start a new job at a computer consulting company. So she had just graduated from college. Um, she had just gotten a new job. She had, and she had uh, just bought a new apartment, but she hadn't moved into anything yet. So she was just like, kind of like laying low after she graduated, but she had like all these plans in the future. And that kind of, like, plays in later when people are talking about maybe theories of what happened to her. Like, she did have a lot of plans for the future. Like, she was, she'd put down a down payment. Like, she was, like, planning for the future. So, as a celebration of her graduation and her upcoming job, her family decided to book a cruise. Um, And although Amy was a strong swimmer and she worked as a lifeguard, she had a fear of the ocean, which I feel like I get. Like, it's not really, like, you think you're going to drown, but it's, like... Like, you don't know it's what's just, like, the open ocean you. is, like, pretty terrifying. So she was, like, very hesitant to go on the cruise. Like, she was like, ah, I don't really know how I feel about being on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Like, yeah, I 100% get that because yeah. I feel like I have the same fear. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't know what's underneath you. And have you seen those TikToks where it's completely dark? I know. Like, it's all around. Yeah. There's, like, no Because there's nothing. Like, nothing. what would be there? Like, like literally that is nothing. so scary. I yeah. never thought about it like that. Yeah. And I, it's really crazy. Like, I want to... It was, like, not... It, it's not one of those big cruises. It's, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, a pretty small one. When I was studying abroad, and it was, like, the middle of the night, and it was so nuts. There was nothing around. Like, nothing. It was pitch, pitch black. <laughs> And then the captain of the boat shined like a light down in the water, and there was like a hundred sharks, like just no. like around the boat. Like it was so scary. It was so scary. That is so scary. I know, cause like I don't know, but yeah. So I feel that fear. Um, it's pretty terrifying. So she was she like didn't really want to go on the cruise, but she ended up agreeing to kind of be like, oh, this is like one last vacation with my family before I kind of like move on and start my own life mm-hmm. um and they like went on vacation every single year so this was like not out of the ordinary but i think this is the first time that they had ever been on a cruise so the cruise was called rhapsody of the seas and it was scheduled to begin in san juan puerto rico um travel to aruba then to curacao then saint martin's and end in saint john's before traveling back to puerto rico so it's like a big caribbean little yeah um tour I guess like just going through the different islands and the trip began on March 21st 1998 so although Amy was originally nervous about the cruise she was having a good time when her vacation began um she sent a postcard to her friend from Puerto Rico that said hey girl it's gorgeous here we leave for Aruba tomorrow I'll be home on Saturday um and she packed 15 rolls of film for her camera hoping to make a collage for her coffee table of her trip And she bought souvenirs in Aruba for all of her friends. Mm -hmm. So again, like, very much thinking about what she's going to do after this Mm -hmm. trip. Um, There's a couple theories that her disappearance was planned, like, is on purpose. But I feel like just from the fact that she had things planned for the future, like, in terms of a job, in terms of an apartment, and then even done to something as simple as, like, buying souvenirs Mm -hmm. for your friends, like, you wouldn't do that if you were planning on disappearing intentionally like yeah that's just not something you would do because why would you waste the money you know Mm -hmm. like maybe you would send a postcard or whatever like I get that like 
if you were going to send a postcard and yeah, then people were going to like, receive it. Right. But like just to buy souvenirs, souvenirs and, that they're never going to get if yeah. you, right? I just, I don't think that that is a viable kind of mm-hmm. um, thought pathway to go down. So um, they sailed from Puerto Rico to Aruba, and in Aruba, the family rented a jeep and toured the island. They boarded the ship again and decided to have dinner on board. So at dinner, Amy's father, Ron, noted that the waiters on the ship seemed to have a special interest in Amy and said that they paid closer attention to her than other guests. When Amy and her brother left early from dinner, the waiters even asked her father where she had gone. Ron asked why they were looking for her, and the waiters replied that they wanted to take her to a local bar in Aruba called Carlos and Charlie's. And just like a side note, um, I don't know if you know about the, like, the Natalie Holloway case, but it's where like an 18-year-old American girl went missing in Aruba, and she was mm-hmm. disappeared in Aruba. And this was the same bar that she was last seen in, in Aruba, in 2005. Wow. So it was like a few years later, but just yeah. like an interesting connection. Um, also at this dinner, something pretty odd happened. So this is like one of those dinners on cruise ships where it's like super formal. Like some of the nights are like super formal dinners and like you dress up like in like very formal wear. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and it, and people like take pictures and whatever you get to keep them as souvenirs, things like that. Mm -hmm. So as the guests came in, a photographer took pictures of them in their clothes and like they develop them while they're eating and then. Afterwards, they put them all up, like at the, and at the, like entrance of the dining hall, and like, it they're like meant to be like you know when like the people come around and take your photo at dinner and they're like oh you can buy this photo yeah. or whatever it's like that, so it's like they could buy this photo if they wanted the souvenir of their trip, um, but when the family went to check the photos, they discovered that all of the photos taken of Amy were missing, so like none of the photos that Amy had been in or I guess like were supposed to be in like none of them were there that's very suspicious and the photographer said that he distinctly remembers printing these photos like he was like I remember printing them and developing them like I don't know who could have taken them them. like that's just like weird like I I know that I took them like I didn't not take pictures Mm -hmm. of her um so to this day nobody like could figure out like where they had gone to um but none of them were there So, Amy and Brad had left dinner a little bit early uh, to go to the ship's club. So, they had, like, a couple celebrations going on on this ship. They had, like, something on the top deck, and then they had, like, nightclubs throughout the ship, because they kind of want this, like, the cruise ships to be, like, 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 yeah, like, you can stay on the ship and, like, do whatever you want, you know? Like, there's just, like, they want them to have a lot of opportunities to, like, stay on the ship and spend money on the ship. Mm -hmm. So, um, they had, like, a nightclub, a full nightclub at this ship and everything, and this is where Amy and her brother went. Um, at the club, the ship's band was playing, and this band was called Blue Orchid, and Amy struck up a conversations, conversation with the band's bass player. His name was Alistair Douglas, but he often went by Yellow. I don't know why, but that was just his nickname. And Amy and Alistair, um, you know, started talking, and then when he got off, they started dancing so they were caught on video dancing together by a videographer filming a promotional video for the cruise ship company and because of this video we know for sure that amy did not leave the boat at all that night Mm -hmm. so she was like caught multiple times on camera 
throughout the night dancing. So like she did not leave the boat, even though they were docked. She like she could have left the boat to go out to like a bar or a club um, in Aruba, but she didn't. So she stayed on the on the on the boat. Okay. Um. Then throughout the night, you know, they're just dancing, they're partying. Um, I think her mom and her dad were at a separate celebration upstairs, like on the top deck. They went back to their room around 12 or 1 in the morning. And Brad, her younger brother, returned to his family's cabin at 3.35 a.m. And they know who's checking in because, like, they have, like, the, the key keys, cards. the key cards. So it's like, whatever, this key card is assigned to you, so they know that you are checking in at 3.35 a.m. So Brad returned to his family's cabin at that time. And the door logs show Amy returning just like five minutes after her brother. Um, Brad said that he and Amy talked a little bit before going to bed. And Brad said that the last thing he told Amy was that he loved her. And he said that even though the events occurred afterwards, like obviously incredibly traumatic, he's happy that his last conversation with his sister was like one where he was saying how he felt about her. Aw, yeah. that's so sweet. And like they didn't like go out on a fight or something like that, you yeah. know, or something like... I don't know. He was just like, I'm just happy I got to say that to her. And that was like the last conversation that we had. Like, I'm glad that it was meaningful. And just the fact that they got to hang out mm-hmm. like the, the yeah. night prior to her yeah. disappearance. I feel like that's really sweet because usually you're probably like, I don't want to hang out with my siblings I know. and go yeah. out to a bar with them but, or like a club with yeah. them. But I think it's nice that they got to spend that night together. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I thought you were going to say she stayed out, but surprisingly, like, yeah. she just came in five she, minutes later. Yeah. So it seems like he is, like, kind of looking out for her, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he definitely, like, I don't think he would have gone to bed if she didn't come yeah. back. Like, I think that they do have this kind of relationship where, like, they would not have gone to bed, like, if either of them were still missing. Yeah. Um, And Amy didn't go to bed in her room, so, like... The room that they were all in, it was, like, the parents in one room and then the kids in another room. And because they had, like, a big, whatever, like, a big cabin, they had a balcony outside. And so Ron, Amy's dad, said, like, she hadn't been feeling well because of, like, the ship. So, like, since they left Aruba earlier, um, like, she hadn't been feeling that well just because of, like, seasickness and everything. So she didn't go to bed in her bed. She actually went out to the balcony and laid down on, like, one of the chairs on the balcony. Mm. Um, Amy's father, Ron, woke up at around 5.15 or 5.30. There's not really any accurate time. Like, I've seen it reported as many, many different things. Um, However, like, all we know is, like, sometime, it was, like, sometime before sunrise. So... He doesn't even know exactly when he woke up. It was just sometime before sunrise. Oh, okay. And he said that when he woke up, he was able to see the balcony from where he was laying in his bed. Um, And outside, he said he could see that Amy was lying on one of the chairs on the balcony. Like, he could see her legs. Mm -hmm. And he said that this made him feel better because he was like, okay, well, now I know, like, whatever, they got home. Like, I know they're, like, out last night, but, like, now they're back. They're both back here. Like, all right. And then he said he closed his eyes and he just, like, meant to close his eyes for, like, a few minutes, like, but, um, and said he fell asleep for, like, you know, he only felt like he fell asleep for a couple minutes, but when he opened them again, the sun had risen and it was around six in the morning, so he had fallen asleep for, like, 45 minutes. And he looked outside again to the balcony, but this time he didn't see Amy. 
So he got up and he looked in his children's room and he said he saw Brad, but he didn't see Amy. And he said that he began to feel nervous, um, but then noticed that the only things missing from her room were a pack of cigarettes and her lighter. So, like, everything else was there, like her ID, her phone, um, her, you know, shoes were even there, like, her luggage was all there, like, everything was still there. Um, the only thing that was missing was her, was a pack of cigarettes and a lighter. So he's like, okay, well, maybe she's just gone to smoke and she didn't want to smoke outside, like, on our balcony because she didn't want, whatever, yeah, this room to smell like smoke. Um, so he's like, okay, well, maybe she went up to the top deck to smoke. Um, but he's like, I feel like I immediately got worried. And I think a lot of people, like, ask, why are you so worried? Like, I mean, like, it, she hasn't, it's not like she's been missing for, like, mm-hmm. like, it's not like she's been missing for 24 hours at this point. It's like, you saw her just, you know, when you opened your eyes before. Um, why are you so worried? And then I think, but I think it's like, you know, when you, like, you get a feeling that something is wrong. Like, I think he probably just had a feeling that something was wrong. Um, yeah. He said he was, like, startled awake. He didn't really know what woke him up, but, like, something woke him up. Um, so I think it was just, he just kind of knew that, like, something yeah, had happened. Something. Yeah. Um, so he said that he wanted to check on her just in case, like, no matter where she was, if she was on the top deck or whatever. And he went to the top deck and looked around, but he didn't see her. And he said that he was especially worried because Amy usually wouldn't just walk away like that. Like, she would tell somebody where she was going and make sure they knew. Um, You know, maybe she didn't want to wake her family up and she thought nobody would be awake at this time. Like, it was pretty early. But he said that that was still something that she would have done. So Ron also checked, like, the common areas of the boat up top and he didn't find Amy in any of them. And at one point while he was checking around, he ran into, like, the head of security for the ship, which, by the way, like, not any, it's just, like, a security guard hired by the ship. Like, it's not, like, they don't have anything to do with any police jurisdiction or any, like, in law dur- jurisdiction. It's just, like, security. hired security. Like, it's not anything they have no obligation to yeah, they're not connected report to, like, crimes or, you know, nothing like that. So... Ron told the security um, guy that Amy was missing, and then he went back to his family's cabin, um, and he woke up his family, and they started to walk around the ship and look for Amy. And it's still pretty early at this point. Like, it was still, like, it's probably around, like, 6.30. Like, it, it has not been that long since Amy did go missing, like, since she wasn't, since she was not seen on the balcony by her dad. But again, I think it's just like something they knew something was wrong. Like, whatever. Call it like intuition or something like that. Like, he just knew something was wrong. It's so crazy that they acted so quickly. And mm-hmm. even though they did, they didn't did get not any information. Find her. Yeah. I know. And you would think, since this is such like a confined area, like it's like a ship, and like. They have- cameras around right yeah i think so i mean obviously it's from 1990 1998 mm-hmm. so it's probably not as um like wide ranging as there probably is now like i feel like now you would have like cameras like multiple different angles mm-hmm. and multiple different parts That's and true. things like that but like still yeah like they should have i think been able to see like at least track her last movements you know yeah um so Ron and Iva 
went to ship officials and they asked them to make an announcement for people just to look for Amy. Like, just, you know, be on the lookout for this girl. Like, mm-hmm. not even announcing anything's wrong. Like, not even announcing, like, oh, we think something bad has happened to her. Just being like, oh, if you see this girl, can you let us know? Like, her family's looking for her or whatever. And ship officials refused, saying they didn't want to wake anybody up or panic people. Like, it was 7.15 at this point, but I'm like, I feel like that's not too early to make an announcement. Like, yes, you might wake a few people up, but it's, like, at the cost of, like, finding somebody who's missing. I feel like it's not that big of a deal, you know? And it's just, like, I don't understand how you would look at this family who's been, like, yeah, like, my daughter's missing from, like you know, our room and she wouldn't have done this. I don't understand how you like look at this family. It's like so obviously worried about their daughter and just be like, oh no, like we're not going to actually make an announcement. Sorry. Yeah. So they never did. So they never did. Yeah. Like you would think like maybe at 8 a.m. I know, but no. So they were like, no, she's probably just somewhere on the ship. Like she's probably just like somewhere else. Okay, then go find her. Yeah. Like, so we don't need to make an announcement. We don't want to make anybody worried or whatever. Like... Okay. Like, this is probably the easiest place. Everybody's in one place. Like, this could be the easiest thing ever. Like, just, like, tell yeah. everybody to look around their room. And if they see her, then they see her. If they don't, then they don't. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's helpful because that's, like, everyone now is looking for her. Yeah. Instead of it just being, like, one family. Because it's, like, yeah. if it's just one family, I feel like it's almost, it would be almost impossible to find them. Because, like, you could be walking in circles. Like, what if you're walking to the front of the ship and she's walking back to the room and then she doesn't find you in the room so then she goes up to the front of the ship and now you're walking to the back of the ship like it's just i feel like it's very easy to miss each other in this kind of situation yeah exactly but if you have multiple people looking out for them then like it becomes a lot easier so um the ship was docking at this moment at their next stop in curacao so they were like almost to their next location And Amy's parents asked the ship officials to basically, like, lock down the ship and not let anybody off. Like, the reason being, like, oh, we do not want anything to happen where anybody who saw her would get off the ship. And then, you know, we kind of lose our chance at talking to them. Like, if they might have seen something, now would be the best time to talk to them because it has just happened. You know, who knows what happens? They get off in Curacao and they, like spend a day or there and they like forget important information you know yeah so when she went missing was the ship moving or was it still stopped it was moving but it was very close to the next location so no one could have like gone off no with her no okay so because it was like it was moving through the ocean to their next stop okay um so like no unless you wanted to dive off the ship and like swim there but (laughs) Like, they wouldn't have been able to get off before. So they basically asked, like, okay, can we just not, like, until we investigate this whole thing, like, can we just not let anybody else off? And if this was in any way controlled by, like, law enforcement, that's probably what would have happened. Like, if they had a missing persons case, you know, you would think on a cruise ship it's very, very easy because there's only so many people that are here. Like, it's, like... You cannot have just some random person coming in here out of nowhere. Like, there's a set amount of people that are going to be on this ship, and there's a set amount of places that are going to be on this ship. Like, nothing can really change. But, like we said, like, there's no law enforcement, any, like, 
that has to be delegated to this boat because they're traveling overseas because they're traveling like throughout different countries you know like in in the ocean like the law is very up in the air like yeah i was gonna ask that if it the same applied to this yeah it's just it's very confusing over what has to be done and it's basically up to the captains like of the boat to decide like what happens and obviously this is like a cruise ship so they get money by taking people to different places and making sure they get to experience all these things so the officials refused saying that they needed to keep the skip ship on schedule and not delay anything and the ship ended up docking and letting all the passengers disembark onto the island which is just that like is terrible. terrible and i feel like i've i was watching some interviews and i think it was about this um, and her mom was just like, I just didn't understand how they could do that, how they could look at us and then just let everybody else off. Like every single time somebody left the boat, like that was another chance at seeing like, like seeing our daughter. Those people are just like walking away because at this point, it's like if this was a investigated crime scene, like this would be all of the evidence just like leaving the ship like you do not know what could have happened you don't know what people saw you don't know what people know yeah they would have made an announcement right not let anyone off or like searched people as they're getting off right just it would have been a lot cleaner so i definitely think that this happening like this being so unregulated is what plays into the idea that like we have no idea what happened Mm -hmm. because we can't cancel anything out like nothing can be like x'd out nothing can be like oh well we searched every single person leaving that ship so we know that it was she didn't leave the ship you know because they didn't do that like so really she could be in so many different places and they don't know because they never did anything to check for any sort of situation that might have been happening So while the ship passengers left, ship officials told Amy's parents that they were going to do a formal search of the ship, which I guess is like kind of helpful, but not really because you're not even talking to anybody in the ship. Like you're just basically looking for her. Like Like what they were basically doing, doing, right? Right. Like what they were doing before. But um, when they came back, they told Amy's family that they had found no evidence that Amy was on the ship. So they didn't find that she was anywhere like on the ship that they could see. So Amy's family is like, what are we supposed to do? Like, you know, like, should we leave the ship? And they're like, well, that's up to you. Like, you have to make that decision yourself. Like, I mean, if she's not on the ship, maybe you can go look on the island. Like, maybe she got off and then she's on Curacao. So they made the decision to disembark the ship ship permanently. Like, they had all their luggage and they, like, walked off the ship. And they decided to look for Amy on the island of Curacao because, as far as they know, like, they didn't find Amy on the ship anywhere. So, I mean, the only other option would be able to to search this island. But I feel like you can't really know if she's on the ship or not. You can't be certain. Right. Because they never made an announcement. And you can't say that they searched in every corner yeah. and of the boat. We'll see that they actually didn't really search anywhere. So... They went to the American embassy. This family went to the American embassy um, in Curacao, and they contacted the FBI to help them search for Amy. So now that they're able to kind of connect with, like, the American embassy, they're able to get law enforcement on their side and, like, help look for her, which was good. So the FBI first did a search of the ocean using helicopters and boats. Um, And this search went on for a couple days. 
And they believed, like, originally they were like, oh, well, she could have fallen off the ship into the ocean. Um, so we'll search for her using helicopters and boats. But they didn't find anything. And they also found out that the security on the ship, like, when they did their formal search, they really only looked in the bathrooms and the common areas. So, like, they only checked the bathrooms of the ship and the common areas of the ship, not anywhere else. Like, so, obviously, how can you just yeah. eliminate that possibility? Obviously, yeah, I feel like it's probably against code to, like, go into people's rooms oh, and yeah. search people's rooms. But, like, I feel like there's so many other places where if she was still on the ship, you know, and maybe somebody on the ship had something to do with her disappearance, she could have been in the staff room. She could have been in all these different places. And if, you know... They didn't search those places, so they wouldn't ever know. Um, so once they decided, or once they figured out that they didn't do a full sweep of the ship, like that they didn't look in everywhere else, the Bradleys believed that maybe she could still possibly be on that ship. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but maybe. So they decided to um, meet the ship at their next stop. Um, so they decided to fly with the FBI to their next stop, um, which was in, I think, St. Thomas. So they flew to uh, St. Thomas with the FBI and they boarded the ship. Um, so when the FBI went, got on the ship, they decided to talk to a couple people like they were doing their own investigation at this point. Because the ship officials were not really being helpful and were not really doing much. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talked to a couple different people, including the people that had last seen Amy, who were the people at this club that she had been dancing at the night before with her brother. So I previously, like, talked about how, like, the last known video of Amy was taken at the club by that videographer. And this videographer is trying to put together an ad for the ship um, and this contained footage of Amy dancing with Alistair, who was the ba- the bass player for this, um, the ship's band, basically. And the video showed Amy and Alistair dancing together, holding hands, you know, until at least three in the morning. So this guy was, like, shooting video until pretty late, because he, like, wanted to put together, like, a promo, you know, like... Yeah. You know, we have <laughs> fun for all... That takes e- up a lot of <laughs> yeah. time. A fun for all ages, you know, like you can like, you know, your kids can come and dance and this nightclub and like you can go to, I don't know, whatever. But so he's trying to film this promo and he caught this video of Amy and Alistair dancing. Mm. So something kind of weird, though, happened when this person came forward with his footage. So the videographer came forward with a copy of the footage to the security So they're kind of, the FBI was going around asking people, you know, have you seen anything? Do you know anything? Or whatever. And this videographer was like, oh, actually, I have footage of this this girl. But he didn't go to the FBI. He went to security. So he went to the security of the ship. And he gave them a copy of this video. (laughs) And the um, security asked him for the original tape. So they were like, actually, can you give us the original tape and not just a copy? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, I don't really give out, like, the original tapes just because I want to have all of the original tapes in my possession since, like, I filmed them. You know, they're my yeah, properties. So I, I don't really give out the original one because then I wouldn't have any of the any footage. Of the footage. Um, and the security team was like, no, the FBI needs the original, like, not a copy. But the videographer was like, okay, well, then they can ask me for it. Like, 
yeah. then have them like t- tell them to ask me for it like I'm not going to give it to you to give it to them like I'll give it to the FBI mm-hmm. but I'm not going to give it to you to give it to them which was very smart because yeah. like the FBI never ended up asking him for it like they were never mm. contacted for it and a couple years later the videographer saw Amy's story on television and he didn't see his footage played anywhere or even mentioned like that there was video of her last moments on the ship or what they know were her last moments on the ship. And he was able to contact the family and he figured out that the video he had given security had never even been given to the family. What? So like he had video of her like last scene on the ship and they had never given it to the family. Like they had never given it to the FBI. They just, they were not taking like it almost seems like they were trying to keep this video from Mm -hmm. being shown to the family or to the fbi you know it's like why don't you want them to see this promo she's just like dancing with the band member Right. right and a lot of people think it's because it was one of the ship's employees that she was dancing with mm-hmm. and they didn't want that to get out that the last person she had been seen with was was an, employee. was an employee of the ship so the fbi ended up bringing alistair in for questioning because a lot of people had said oh you know i saw them dancing together like this was probably the last person that she was with like besides her family this was the last person she was with and he told the fbi that he last saw amy at around 1 a.m and then he left up the staff elevator and he went to bed but this was a lie because alistair was caught on video dancing with amy until 3 Mm a.m so he couldn't have left at 1 a.m because he was dancing until 3 a.m and Brad, when when Brad, Amy's brother, heard that the FBI was interviewing Alistair, he remembered something about, about an encounter he had had early on the morning Amy went missing. So Brad said that he remembered he was sitting down on a table next to the pool after he had just been told. So this was, like, pretty early. This was before any of, like, you know, they hadn't even asked the captain to like make an announcement yet this was like pretty early mm-hmm. probably like around 7 6 7 yeah after he had just been told that amy was missing um and he said alistair came to tell him that he was sorry like for hearing about what happened to amy like he was sorry to hear that mm-hmm. you know his sister had been missing but at this time no announcements had been made to the ship's crew about amy's disappearance like none of the the captain, the head security had not told anybody on the ship's crew, like, what had happened, that there was a missing person. They didn't make any sort of announcement. And Alistair should not have known that Amy was gone at this point. So Alistair told the FBI that he had known because a staff member had woken him very early um, to tell him because they knew the two had been together the night before. So he said that somebody came up to him and was like, oh, do you know where Amy is? Like, her family's looking for her. And I know you guys were together last night. Like, maybe is yeah. she here? Like, do you know where she is? Um, but the only people who had, like, known about her disappearance this early was her father and, like, maybe the head of security who he had run into on his walk. Mm-hmm. Like, there shouldn't have been, like, another crew member who had known about her disappearance at this time. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Like, maybe this yeah. crew member overheard him talking to the head of security. Maybe the head of security went back and, like, was like, oh, by the way... This girl's not, her, her family's not finding her, like, whatever. She's probably just somewhere on the ship. So yeah. you never know, but it is pretty weird that it's, like, they hadn't made any sort of announcements to the crew members um, at this time, and Alistair's going up to her brother and is like, oh, I'm sorry about what happened. 
That's like why. Which is pretty interesting. You know. Do you know something else? Because at this point, like, yeah, they're a little worried, but they're not thinking like, oh, something happened to her. So it's just a little bit interesting, you know. Yeah. Very coincidental. So the FBI also heard from the family that when they reboarded the ship, two girls came to them and said that they had seen Amy and Alistair together at around 5.45 in the morning. So the timeline, again, it's a little bit weird because there's a lot of different stories being told, but it's like basically the timeline is her dad woke up somewhere between 5, 5.15. Then apparently these girls um, saw her at 5.45 and then he woke up at 6 and she was not there. Um, And they said that Amy was with Alistair and she had a dark drink, maybe coffee or like a dark soda. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Um, The FBI interviewed multiple people on the ship and they interviewed Alistair more extensively, but they weren't really able to get any more information. Like nobody else had anything really relevant to say and they weren't really able to figure out anything about like her last movements. And at the end of the trip, the FBI obviously couldn't hold everybody. Like, they can't yeah. like, hold everyone on the ship. So they were forced to let everybody off the ship and go back to their lives, which is in the process maybe losing people that, like, had important information about what had happened to Amy. Mm-hmm. And the Bradleys were forced to go back home to Virginia. Um, they made some trips back and forth between Curacao and Virginia, and they set up websites to ask people for information about Amy. And they were pretty much as a lot at a loss for what to do next because they had no idea of basically what Amy's last moves were. Like they knew that her dad had seen her at five fifteen, but then after that they had no idea. They had this story from these girls at five forty five, mm-hmm. but these girls had also been drinking like the night before, so they, they don't sure. know. It, they weren't sure if this timeline was completely accurate. Um, they didn't know if these girls had seen them together, but maybe not at 5.45 in the morning. Maybe it was earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, they really had no idea of the of an accurate timeline. Yeah. So, some theories about what happened to her. Um, these are going to include some things that, like, happened after she went missing. Um, and then just some things that people might think happened. So, the first thing is that she disappeared on purpose, Like, she either committed suicide or she went, like, she got off the ship in Curacao and she, like, disappeared intentionally. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like this is really not that possible because she was planning for the future so much. Like, she had gotten an apartment. She had gotten a new job. She was, even, like, the little things like bringing rolls of camera to, like, print out things to put on your coffee table. Like, that would not have happened if you were planning on intentionally running away. Yeah, it's just not very likely. I know that you have to um, see all the possibilities, but it's just like all of these things that she was planning for, like you said, the souvenirs and everything. Yeah, it just, that doesn't seem very likely to me. Um, The next one is, I think, the most logical one. However, we see a lot of things in this case that aren't very logical like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of weird coincidences in this case but the next one is probably the most logical one which is that amy fell overboard so one theory is that amy fell overboard sometime in the early morning she came back remember at 3 45 a.m after being out all night um and she may have been inebriated and leaned too far over the railing Mm -hmm. um if no one saw her fall due to the early hours nobody would have sounded an alarm 
Um, she could have drowned and not been ser- spotted by search parties later on. Um, perhaps she hit her head on the way down and was unconscious from going overboard. If she had fallen 20 to 30 feet in the water, that easily could have knocked her out if she fell on like the wrong you know, spot on her body. Yeah. It's very high up. Cruise ships are designed to keep people from going overboard. Obviously, like, especially, like, children and, like, drunk adults. Like, they can't have people falling overboard, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are safeguards in place. Like, the railings are, like, have to be a certain, like, three and a half feet high or something like that. Um, Like, they do have to have safety guards in place. However, because it was so early, she could have gotten past those safety guards. Mm -hmm. She was a strong swimmer. Like, she was, like, a lifeguard, and she was a strong swimmer. So it seems, though, like, if she was in a right state of mind and she was she was not unconscious when she hit the water, she could have been able to survive until the search parties were looking for her, like, just a few hours later. Mm-hmm. But with a combination of drinking and lack of sleep, Amy very likely could have fallen over the edge. Like, you know, she went out with her... They didn't have her cigarettes and her lighter... She could have gone out to smoke. She could have gone out to throw up over the edge. Um, And if she was, like, hanging off the railing to throw up or hanging over the railing to smoke and not realizing, like, how far over she was, she may have fallen off. So the balconies, were they all... Over the edge. Over the edge. Yes. Because I know sometimes they're a little... Like, slanted. No, hers was over the edge. So it was possible she could have fallen over her balcony... Or maybe, like, the top, if she was up at the top deck, like, mm-hmm. falling off the top deck. Like, something like that. Yeah. I just wonder if anyone would have heard something if there were people, like, Watching. on the bottom mm-hmm. floors. And then also, like, with her dad saying he saw her. Mm-hmm. Her legs, at least. So then it could have been... This theory is, like, it would be after that. So she had... He saw mm-hmm. her, like, resting on the balcony at 5.15. And then... He said he was startled awake at 6 a.m. This could have been from, like, a noise from her falling off. It could have been, you know, something happening, her hitting her head, something like that. So I would say, honestly, that's the most logical thing that could have happened. Yeah, I can see that Um, happening. There's, like, you know, there's some statistic. It's, like, 10 people fall off a cruise ship every single year. Like, obviously, with drinking, it's probably not the safest place to be. It still happens. Like, it still happens, even though there are safeguards in place. And it's like, there are supposed to be, like, somebody, people watching out for people falling overboard, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, things go wrong, like, things go missing. So, the next theory is, like, this is, I would say, the most popular theory. I don't know how much I'd buy it. Um, so, another set of theories that encompass a couple different things is that a lot of people think that Amy was kidnapped from the cruise ship and sold into sex slavery somewhere in Curacao. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of witness leads who claim to have seen Amy, and their statements back up this theory that she was taken off the ship alive and then she was sold somewhere into sex slavery. So number one, a Canadian scuba diver called the FBI tip line, um, and he said he was in Curacao and he saw a girl being walked along the beach with two large men. And he said this girl looked just like Amy, and said that she had the same distinctive tattoos that Amy had. And Amy did have, like, quite a few distinctive tattoos. Like, she had, like, a Tasmanian devil playing basketball, like, on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. She had, like, a gecko on her stomach. She had, like, a sun somewhere else. So she did have, like, quite a few tattoos that you would be able to recognize. Like, it would stick out to you. You know, it's not like, 
oh, she had whatever, one tattoo of, like, a heart or something. Like, there were pretty distinctive tattoos. Um, And when he called, he called about eight months after he had supposedly seen her, which was in August of 1998. Um, So he said he saw her in August of 1998, about five months after she had gone missing. And he called about eight months later because they were playing a television program on Amy, like, he was from Canada, so, you know, they, this wasn't really, like, national news oh, okay. in Canada. He just watched a television program on Amy, um, and he said that, oh, this triggered something. He remembered seeing this girl being walked along the beach. Um, so the FBI sent people to go look for her, but they couldn't really find anything, any evidence of this woman, um, either there or if she was ever there. So my take on this, obviously... It seems great that he saw this girl and he was like, she has really, she has the same tattoos mm-hmm. as she does. I do think that eight months after the fact, you might watch this program and be like, oh my gosh, like I did see a girl being walked along the beach and she did have tattoos. Yeah, it's like you maybe your yourself. mind convinces yourself that you did see her and that this was her. And like you kind of want to be like a savior and be like, oh, well, no, like I did see her. Like she is alive. Like I did see this thing. Yeah, I feel like that could, could have very happen. easily happened because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I make up memories. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, did that really happen, or am I just, just like thinking yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but if that's all the evidence they have, and then also like, why was she not like screaming? Like, was right. she conscious? Uh huh. She was being walked, so she was conscious. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. strange. Like two large men, but. I think people think this is convincing because of the tattoos. Like, people are like, oh, well, he said he saw these specific tattoos, these, like, gecko tattoos, this Tasmanian devil tattoo. Like, how would he be, How would he have known that if he didn't actually seen it? But it's like, this is not, like, a crime scene. Like, they're not withholding information from people, you know? It's not like... I feel like in a lot of, like, murder cases or assault cases, they're like, okay, we will not release that this person was attacked using this type of weapon, because if, then if someone comes forward with information and they say, like, oh, this person was attacked using this type of weapon and it's accurate and we've never released that statement to the public, mm-hmm. then we know this person has some sort of connection or, like, what they're saying is yeah. true. But it's like, in a missing persons case, they're not going to do that. Like, they're going to give you all of the information on this person. Because they want no matter what. to be like, found. So they're going to give everybody all of her tattoos... And if you think, you know, if you remember seeing a girl being led by two, like, big men that, like, you know, might strike you as odd, so you remember it, and you know she had tattoos, like, maybe you are making those connections in your head and being like, oh, those could have been this tattoo. Now, I mean, he could have definitely seen her. This definitely could have been. The FBI did say this was a very convincing lead, but um, obviously they weren't able to find anything, so... Yeah, that's unfortunate. We don't know. Um, Later in August 1999, the family was introduced to a man called Frank Jones who claimed to be a private investigator. And he said that he had figured out that Amy was alive and on the island. And he said that he had a team of people who had found her and have seen her on the beach in Curacao. So, like, the same story that this guy was saying. You know, they said that they saw her walking along the beach in Curacao. And he said that he needed $24,000 to be able to, like, make contact with her and Mm -hmm. kind of, um, like, get information, more information about where she was and, like, what she was being held for. 
So Frank said that once they gave him the money, um, he said he contacted the family. He said he saw Amy and that he's positive he can get her out of Curacao and back home. But the people that she is being held under um, are asking for a ransom. And he says that he's going to need $100,000 to get her out of Curacao and back home. Now, the family asks for some sort of proof that they she is alive. And he does bring them pictures of a woman. So he brings them pictures of a woman on the beach who has similar to tattoos to Amy. Mm-hmm. Now, her face is covered by a hat. You can't see her face, but she does have the tattoos that Amy has. The exact same tattoos? I think... Or, like, just... I think the visible, like, like the visible ones that she has, because obviously, like, not her full body. Um, but the ones that are visible are this similar to Amy's tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frank says that, you know, once they pay him $100, $100,000, he and his team can pull out Amy from where she's being held and uh, bring her to Miami. So the family flies to Miami. They wait in this hotel room for like a week and they never get a call that she's being brought home. Wait, they pay the $100,000? So they did pay $100,000. Then they fly to Miami and they're just like waiting for this guy to call him because they, the this guy, Frank Jones, is like, well, once we get her out, she's going to need to be flown home right away. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to need to be put on a jet and flown home, like, right away. These people are, like, not messing around. Where did they get this private investigator from? I don't know. So apparently it was referenced to them or, like, he was mm-hmm. introduced to them or something. So about a week after their wedding in Miami, the family got a call from Frank and says that he was not able to rescue Amy because there was a gunfight and some of his men were hurt. And then, after they get this call, just like a couple days or a couple hours later, a man called them and said that Frank Jones was, like, you probably could have guessed by now, was not actually a private investigator and was scamming them for their money. So he said that Frank wasn't doing anything that he claimed to be doing, like he was claiming to be watching these people, he was claiming to be, like, trying to investigate this house, and he obviously wasn't doing anything. And he was just basically using their money to buy things for himself and, like... Just That's get a so bunch of things. Sick. Yeah, I know. Like you're taking advantage of these vulnerable people. Like obviously they're gonna do everything I in their know. power to try and get their daughter back. I know. And they were like, it wasn't even the money for us. Like we would have paid any amount of yeah. money to like get our daughter back. It was just like the false hope that you gave us. And like now we've wasted all this time talking to you when mm-hmm. we could have been searching. searching somewhere else. Like now who knows? Um. So, obviously, that didn't work out. You know, we don't know where he got this picture from, though. So, people are like, well, does he know something? Like, is he, does he have some sort of connection to her? And, but was still scamming this family? Like, does he have some sort of connection to where she's being held? Because he did have this picture with a woman whose tattoos looked very, very similar to the tattoos that Amy held. It's like, that had to come from somewhere. So... It is interesting, even though it ended up being, like, Like a false, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could have found someone with the same tattoos, or maybe even gotten a friend to get the same tattoos Mm -hmm. because of the money. Right. I mean, $100,000 is a lot of money. Yeah. So, those things are definitely possible as well. Like, if he coerced somebody to getting those same tattoos Mm -hmm. just to scam them, then yes. So, in May 2002, this is the next kind of tip that they got, um, an American man came forward to share information, 
And he said that years earlier, he had been in the military and he was in a brothel in Curacao. And he said that a woman came up to him and asked him for help because she noticed him speaking English. And she came up and said, um, I'm Amy Lynn Bradley and I need help. He said that there was, like, he told her, he was like, okay, well, if you need help, like, I can't help you right here, but you can go to the naval ship. Like, there's a naval ship, like, docked, like, right down the road. Like, you can go to this naval ship and then you can go get help. Um, and she said that she couldn't leave. Like, if she left, like, she, like, couldn't leave this establishment. Mm-hmm. And then he said that she was, like, pulled away by people, you know, kind of, like, the security people, like, at this yeah. club. Um, so... He said that he never mentioned it. He, like, didn't mention it right away. Like, he didn't go back and was like, oh, well, I I ran into this girl that said she needed help because he was on active duty. And, like, if you're on active duty in the military, you're not supposed to be inside a brothel. You're not supposed to be, like, out drinking or things like that. Like, he could have gotten in a lot of trouble for admitting that he was in one of these places. And he said that, like, at that time, he had no idea who she was. Like, he didn't know that name. Like, he didn't... And that name was not something that, like, he associated with, like, a missing person, you know? And he said that when he got off duty and went back to the States, he did hear Amy's story, and then he reported it later. But by this time, it had been so long. Like, by this time, it had been years and years since he had been, like, in this brothel in Curacao. So by... the time that the FBI went to go investigate this, the brothel had burnt down and they were not able to kind of track anybody that had no. been there or been working there or anything like that. Or where they moved to? Yeah. So. That is crazy because even though if it was not like Amy, mm-hmm. like this girl needed help. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it's people just being like, oh. Like, I can't, I feel like there has to be safeguards in place for things like that, you know? Like, I feel like there has to be safeguards, like, for people trying to report something who they don't want to get in, like, but they don't, like, they're, they should be protected from, like, getting in trouble themselves. Like, things like that, you know? Yeah. Like, I understand that, you know, this is not something that you're supposed to be doing when you're on active duty in the military. Obviously, like, they're not paying you to go to a brothel or they're not paying you to go to a bar. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, there should be safeguards. Like, if you do notice something or somebody that needs help and you're in one of those places, I feel like you should not be scared to report it for fear of, like, yourself getting in trouble. Yeah. You know? So I, I just feel like that's something that... There needs to be better. Yeah, I agree. Or he could have made up a story of how he ended up in there. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed, like this girl. Yeah. Like around this area needs help. Yeah. I heard from someone else. Yeah. I don't know. There's just like a lot that could have been done. Yeah, I think, and then I just think that people are like, oh, it's not my problem. It's somebody else's problem. Like, somebody else will do something about it, you know? Like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Somebody else will do something about it. But maybe he was the only English-speaking I know. customer. That like, who knows? Yeah. there. But, so nothing came of that. They weren't able to find anybody. Wow. Um, in 2005, so a couple years later, there was a site found that was an advertisement for sex workers in the Caribbean. And one woman was featured on the site under the name Jazz, and many people believe that this woman looks just like Amy, except, like, obviously a few years older, Mm -hmm. Um, she has long hair and not short hair, 
but a lot of people believe that it does look very similar to Amy. And this family, the family was sent this picture, and they end up sending this picture to a specialist who works for the FBI, and he said he would bet his career on the fact that this was Amy. What? So even though it looks like like her hair is longer and things like that, like he says that like the he would bet his career on the fact that this is Amy. And you've seen the picture? Yeah, I'm really not good at like do think? doing faces though. Like I'm really not good at that kind of stuff. Like seeing like I don't know. I mean, you could tell me anybody looks like anybody and yeah. I like yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Um but this guy was convinced. So this guy was convinced that it was. And how many years had it been since they saw this picture? So this was in 2005. She disappeared in oh, 1998. So, so it would be seven years older. Now, this woman did look like probably like 15 years older than Amy would have. Mm-hmm. Than Amy was. So she probably looks about like 10 years older than Amy would have been at this point. But a lot of people make the argument like, oh, if she was forced into sex work... A lot of times, the people who are controlling them either get them addicted to drugs or alcohol or things like that that can, like, drastically change the way that they look. Like, drastically age them or things like that. Like, if she was, if this was her, she had probably been through quite a lot. And Mm -hmm. that can definitely age somebody past what they're, like, maybe would have aged to look like if they hadn't been through this. Yeah, and they want them to look different. Right. Whatever way that is, if it is by providing drugs, because they're not, I don't know, I would think that they would be smart yeah. to not post a picture of her yeah. on a giant billboard if she looks the same. This, yeah. Um, but when the FBI tried to investigate this, they were never able to like tie this website back to any person or any place. So they weren't really able to be like, oh, well... We're going to go meet this person that's being advertised. Like, let's go meet her and see if it's her. Like, they were never, never able to find her. Yeah, because I feel like this would not be a company that wants to be yeah, found. No. So, this was basically the last, like, big lead uh-huh. um, that the family got. There was one instance where there was a woman in a dressing room in a mall. And um, a girl came up to her and said, I'm Amy Lynn Bradley. Like, I need your help. And then she said two guys, like, pulled her out of the, like, the the little, like, changing, like, dressing uh-huh. room where she was at. And she didn't get to talk uh-huh. to her again. Um, but there has been no lead since. So this is basically, like, the last big mm-hmm. development in this case that happened. So, obviously, the, I think this is a more popular theory. Because this is, like, a story that people want to hear because it's, like, they want to believe she's alive and can be brought back. Yeah. Like, they they want to be, like, oh, well, she's out there. Like, we just need to look harder and we're going to find her. You know, I think that that's why people think that this one, like, people think this one's a little bit more popular. Mm -hmm. At least the things that I've read and the things that I've listened to a lot of people are, like, coming to this conclusion, oh, she must have been sold into sex slavery because, you know, of all these coincidences. And there's a lot of coincidences. Like, there's a lot of weird things that have happened. Like, people think she was targeted because her pictures were missing. Like, could that have been something that people took from the ship and been like, oh, we want to take this girl. You know, the waiters were really into her. Mm -hmm. She was last seen with this guy, and then this guy, like, asked her brother the very next day, I'm sorry to hear about your sister, when he really should have had no idea, like, what's happening. 
there's a lot of weird coincidences. Um, and as long as they don't find a body, like they haven't found any sort of body, like it definitely is possible. But I'm, I feel like I'm still not convinced that they're credible if just for the fact that like I don't really understand why you would take her. Like, why would you target her? I feel like the people that are more likely targeted to be put into sex work are people that are desperate or people that don't have family around, Mm -hmm. people that are, like, already addicted to drugs and alcohol, people that are homeless, like, things like that. Like, I'm just, why are you targeting somebody that you know she's with her family and you know they're going to report her missing? Like, she's, like, on a vacation with them. It's not like she's, like, alone in some city, you know, like you know that their, that family's going to report her missing, like, it would be very, very difficult to try and pull off this whole kidnapping thing mm-hmm. from a cruise ship when there's a lot more vulnerable people that you could target on the island itself. Yeah, you know? I can see that. Like, and do you know anything about the other story you mentioned from 2005? Like, how that um, woman she was She was, ended up, I think, being proven... She was, it was never, like, proven that she was murdered by this guy, but this guy murdered another woman, like, a couple years after. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, her story doesn't have any ties to, like, being kidnapped or whatever. It was just an interesting thing that, like, both of them were, like, at the same island. Like, that they thought they was going to be at the same island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. I think that a lot of people like to have hope that she can be rescued. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think just thinking like logically through things, it would have been, I like struggle to see how logically it would have made sense to try and kidnap somebody from a boat who, you know, their parents are going to be looking for them. You know that their parents Mm -hmm. are probably going to go right to the FBI and try and look for her. Whereas you very, very easily could definitely target somebody whose family is not going to be looking for them. And I'm just thinking of how, like how you said, how they would pull this off, especially when our dad saw her on the balcony. Like, did someone take her from the balcony? Like, was that possible? Or did she have to go up to the deck, like, to smoke a cigarette? And how would they know that she was out on the deck at that time? So that's, like, that's the thing, because she would have had to go up outside of her room, and she would have had to go upstairs, and it's like, okay, if they actually were planning to pull this off, wouldn't you think that they would have kidnapped her the night before when she was out, like, at this club? Like, why did they let her go back to her room? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, why did they let her go back with her brother like how did they know she was gonna go like she could have been in her room sleeping until 12 p.m like exactly like what is the point of them waiting until you know the morning the morning when unless they told her like come meet us here yeah to like hang out i don't know yeah but it's also like but there is a lot of weird coincidences (laughs) that have happened it's another thing and i think it really comes down to the fact that it's like well nothing was done about the ship like Mm -hmm. nothing was locked down on the ship at all so you really do have no idea if she was still on the ship if she was off the ship if they had just locked down the ship and investigated every single passenger and investigated every single place they could have come to the decision she's not on this ship she has to have fallen overboard Mm -hmm. but they never did that 
And so the fact that they let so many people leave, like, the fact that so many people got off, maybe she could have been smuggled out somehow. Like, maybe a crew member could have gotten her off somehow. They don't know because nothing was ever done to kind of secure the scene. So, despite numerous leads and, like, possible sightings over the years, her fate remains unknown, um, and her family continues to search for answers, and her story remind, serves as a reminder of the over 200 people that have gone missing on cruise ships. Um, so there has been quite a lot of people that have yeah. gone missing. I've heard of a lot of stories through TikTok of just how, like, people yeah. falling overboard or, like, being kidnapped, and yeah. they don't really get reported, yeah. and like you said, the law is just up in the air yeah. for these things, so that's why... It, I guess it's, like, a place where people might want to commit mm-hmm. these crimes. Because they don't... Because the laws They don't are really have so... any clear, like, set structure to follow. Yeah. Yeah. But we hope that one day her disappearance will be solved. Whether it's, yeah. you know, one way or the other. Like, I feel like it's just, like, closure, closure at this point. Yeah. But I do think a lot of people hope. I mean, it obviously would have been terrible for her to have been kidnapped and sold into sex slavery, but that means she's still it's alive. like that like would give her a chance to come home. Like I think it's mm-hmm. more hopeful for people to think that than like think the alternative, which would mean her passing away, you know, like yeah. that she would not have a hope of coming home. So Yeah, well, yep. hopefully we have seen it in a lot of cases. Where now, with more technology, mm-hmm. they have found, like, whether it's, like, facial recognition. Mm-hmm. So there is hope, and I hope they get closure soon. Yeah. And I don't think I'm, I'll ever go on a cruise ship. I know, it really freaks me out. Like, I mean, I went on one, but it was, like, not a big one. Like, it was a very small ship. There was, like, probably, like, 20 rooms on board. Like, it was, like, oh, very small. It was not, small. like, a big like. I feel like the bigger it is, like, the more it freaks me yeah. out. Like, I don't know why. Like, it's just, there's, like, too many things, you know? There's, like, too many things happening. Like, mm-hmm. it just like, weirds me out. I think of the Titanic. I know. First of all. I know. And we were just sailing between, like, many islands in the Galapagos. Like, we weren't <laughs> even going, like, on the full, like, it freaks me out when, like, they're going across, like, the whole ocean. Like, I know. Ugh, that like scares me so Bermuda much. The Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> You never know. Yeah, you really don't. It was also in, like, there's these people that have been going to, like, Antarctica or whatever. Yes, Antarctica. Hmm. And they, like, post pictures of themselves crossing the sea to get to Antarctica. Oh and it's, like, 40-foot waves. Like, I don't want to be out there. Yeah. That's insane. And I then know. the motion sickness yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, just does not sound fun. And it's like island fever, but worse. Yeah. It's like you have nowhere to go. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't think I would enjoy it. But that was the story of Amy Lynn Bradley. So obviously we'll post some like links if anybody has any information or knows anything. We'll post like the link for everything like that. But hopefully one day it'll be solved. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.